You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, August 18th. Are you ready for the next IT Services All Hands meeting? That session is August 24th at 1 p.m., and the next staff town hall is one week later, August 31st at 2 p.m. Register at returntolearn.ucsd.edu. And did you catch this? The next cabinet conversation features Chancellor Kosla himself. That event is September 14th at 10 a.m. A link to registration information is posted on the homepage of The Current in the Notice Board section. This is Mark Herzberger. I'm joined by Gino Bonetti, our problem management service owner. Gino, welcome back to the pod. How are you? Very good. Thank you for having me back. No problem, pun intended, or maybe not. Uh, it's <laughs> been about a year since uh, we had you on, and at that time you had just uh, launched the problem report and problem review office hour. How mm. has that been going? the last 365 days or so? Well, we lately it's been a little light. Uh, it hasn't been uh, attended as well as we'd like. Uh, so we're, we're looking for more attendance, people to take advantage of, of what we're trying to offer and how we're trying to help. Here's your chance to make a pitch. Who should attend and why should they attend? In terms of who should attend and why should they attend, who should attend is anybody who has a question or issue with one of their problem reports that they would like assistance with. So we would answer questions about, you know, how does the thing work and what are good approaches. But just if there was an instance that people needed to just get some yeah, you know, maybe they're stuck and they just need some assistance. We help them work through what it is they're stuck on. What is a problem report in the formal sense? And that notwithstanding, how would you like to define problem report for how we apply it here in IT services? Really, problem reports are opportunities for process improvement. They come in. Uh, they come into play for a variety of reasons, mostly because somebody wants to do something better or different or something is broken and now it's time to dig in and find out what it was and try to try to make it better. Or there's a suggestion, that's just something needs to be, let's see if we can't do something about whatever it is. I'm being a little nebulous, but because it covers such a wide uh, range of things. But the biggest thing I wanna say is that problem reports are not just a thing by themselves. They work together with all these other ticketing systems that we have at, uh, at UCSD in, in ITS. We have case, we have change, we have major incidents, we have problem reports. All of those things are part of a whole. They make up the way in which 
our enterprise logs uh, what's being done, uh, how things are being done, what process improvement efforts, that would be where the problem uh, records come in, what process improvement efforts are being undertaken and what came out of them. So they don't work by themselves. It's not, you don't just get problem tickets. There isn't a problem group. They just get problems. No, it's part of how all these tickets progress. Case, an incident, or a request could lead to a problem. A failure is clearly a problem and, and needs to be looked at. That's what major incidents are. That's why they're pretty much associated with major incidents because of, because of that. So it's a long-winded way of saying that problems are part of a whole. And that's really the best perspective to take. What are some myths about problem reports that you would want to address? Well, probably the biggest one is that uh, I've been a bad person and I'm being punished and, and now I have a problem ticket. Uh, that, that is far from the truth. These are things that people can initiate on their own for their own reasons to improve things that they want to improve upon. They're not just for major incidents or incidents in general. So that's a myth that I would really like people, I would like people to learn how to use them as a tool rather than view them as a punishment that was doled out to them. Well, what, what advice do you have for work groups to use a, a problem report as a, as a you know, productive or problem solving tool? I, th I think that one of the reasons problem is looked at and it has a negative connotation to it is well, the word itself sounds bad, but that's an industry standard thing. It's, uh, it's just the way ITEL, for instance, operates. But mostly it's a difference between operating in a small environment and operating in an enterprise environment. In a small environment, you can move quickly and get things done, and you don't have to, you can communicate with people directly. But in an enterprise environment, you need to log things. You need, because you can forget about them, right? There's a lot of things going on. And if you have tickets that say, these are the process improvement efforts that we've in, initiated, maybe we haven't completed them all. There are reminders of being able to cycle back and go through them. So learning how to use them and, and be conscious of the fact that, oh, you know what? I want to improve upon this. I'm not just going to do it and just by myself. I'm going to engage with some other people. But more importantly, I'm going to write it down. At the end of the year, if somebody says, what sort of process improvement things that you do this year, um, you're gonna have to remember, as opposed to just going to your problem management queue and just counting them. I did this one, I did this one, I did this one. These are the things that I did. Um, they're great for review time. <laughs> These are the things that I did. And uh, look at them. Here's what came out of them. 
as we collectively try to dispel the punitive myth, if you will, what advice would you give to folks or what would you say to encourage people to you know, take the plunge or be brave enough to just start initiating problem reviews, regardless of the circumstances? I, I would say start with some things that are small, not, they don't have to be big. As a matter of fact, if you start with something small, the more of those you do, the better you get at using the problem management process. Is this process restricted to just formal service owners as they are defined, or can anybody on a worker service team get, get a problem report going? Absolutely anybody can generate a problem ticket, because uh, that's what it is. It's just a ticket. It's just a special kind of ticket with some special features associated with it, but it's just a ticket. And so as anybody could generate a case or a major incident, you can generate a problem ticket. Anybody can generate a change request. So it's in the same light as those easily accessible. And the ones that uh, I've worked on, as I recall, you know, within the ticket, as I recall, it, it's set up to follow the DMAIC process, define, measure, analyze, improve, control. If memory serves right. for my Greenbelt class, is that is that how they are set up? And and that notwithstanding, how closely uh, do uh, people need to follow that DMAIC when they do a, a problem report? So the fields are, if you're doing a problem report, they are going to be required fields. And, and so you will have to fill them out. But this is also set up to handle big issues as well as small issues. So for smaller issues, it might be a little heavy handed. And so it may be appropriate to just say this particular part is not applicable to what we're doing. I know I have a tendency, if I see a required field, I feel like I gotta put, I gotta put something meaty in there. But the DMAIC methodology is designed to handle not just small things, but very large things. So if it's small and it doesn't really require a lot of uh, information go, or you didn't need it, then um, you can simply state that in the field. This was this was not really applicable for what it was we were doing. Uh, but I would say if the problem, if the thing that you were working on was larger in scope, all of those fields would be relevant and have a place. So it sounds like there is some flexibility and I don't wanna put words in your mouth, but I think you're encouraging people to just get in and, and start initiating and, and getting them going and, and starting there. Exactly. Exactly. And the more you do, the better you get, and the more comfortable you get, the better it will be for the organization. Thank you for that. We'll, we'll close up uh, here. Uh, how has your continued work from home experience been going? I really was against working from home. I thought this was just going to be a nightmare for the kinds of things that I do and the way I interact with people. And it has just turned out to be completely false. I have been just as productive, if not 
even more productive working from home. I know there's people who need to work on site, but I've, I think I've proven conclusively that working from home works just fine for, for me. So I, I was happy to discover that. The person smarter than me, uh, it, it's a low bar, trust me, but they would find the right joke about maybe you could do your own uh, problem review on uh, reassessing work from home, but sounds like you've done that in your mind already anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, how has your family been? As I recall, way, way back when, your, you had a grandchild that was born probably around the time my daughter was born. How was, That's right. How was that, that young person doing? I forget if it, you'll forgive me, I forget if it was granddaughter or grandson. It is a granddaughter, and she just turned two, and uh, she is uh, quite a handful for her parents, but not for her grandparents, because we get to turn her over to her parents <laughs> at the end of the day. But she is just, she's hilarious. I, I really am enjoying that. Yeah. Is, that your, is that your first uh, grandchild? First and only. What's it yeah. like to be a grandparent? How does it feel? Quite comfortable, mm. quite comfortable. You know, I see all the things that the, that the parents are going through and I remember going through it and I try very hard not to give them unsolicited advice. <laughs> I, I, there... I take it on my authority that that is appreciated by the parents. <laughs> yes, because they're doing a great job. And uh, so I just get to enjoy her. So we go to the pool. That's the, that's the big thing to do. Take the granddaughter to the pool. What's her name? It's Ember. Ember. I, I think yes. Ember Rose. Ember Rose. Okay. We will leave it there. I appreciate you coming back on the podcast. And I'll note as well uh, all of the information about how to do a problem review uh, and the office hours link and schedule. That's all posted on the current. Easily findable for all. Yes. Yes, it is. All right, Dino, over and out. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you, Gino. The Problem Reports Office Hours is the first Friday of every month at 11 a.m. We've got a link posted on the homepage of The Current so you can get straight to the information. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.